swamp monsters out there. It's time for another episode of the show. This time I'm welcoming Paul Hicks from Waiting for Doom podcast back into the uh, realm here. He and I are going to tackle two more issues of Swamp Thing. So get ready. Welcome back to the Bronze Age of Horror Comics. And once again, I am going to be talking about Swamp Thing. So that means none other than Mr. Paul Hicks is here to join me. How are you, Paul? Yeah, I'm excited to talk about these two. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, man, the art. That's, I can't get over it. It's so good. Mm, absolutely, yeah. When I saw the cover to uh, number 13 here, we're going to be doing uh, Swamp Thing 13 and 14 from uh, you know 1974. Uh, I thought, wait a minute, I've seen this before, and I think this is the cover that was on the trade I used to have. Ah. Yeah. The soft cover I had before I got the omnibus. Right. Were they collected inside it? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, before they decided to do these omnibus editions, they put out at least one, if not two, volumes of soft covers of the Bronze Age stuff, and I'm pretty sure this was on uh, volume two. Right. Yeah. I've only um I've read these digitally. That's the only way I've ever seen them. So. Mm, okay. Yeah. They they did a great job with uh, even the paperbacks I had were really good quality and really nice uh, uh, job by the uh, companies reprinting them. And I got the omnibus edition because that just has everything from uh, House of Secrets ninety two all the way to the Alan Moore run, which is nice. So it's all in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I actually have more Swamp Thing in my um, comic collection than just any other single title. So, but mm. uh, yeah, not the old ones were hard to find in Australia and very pricey when you did find them. <laughs> yeah, they still are over here as well. Like even that, uh, I know they reprinted a lot of the, if not all of the Ween and Rights and stuff in. I can't remember the name of the title, but that's those are crazy expensive when I see them too. People want like eight or ten bucks a pop. Yeah. Yeah, um, which, is, which is crazy for a reprint. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you can't find the originals, uh, that's what you go for. Yeah, thank God for trades, man. I'm telling you, because so much stuff I'm reading these days is trades and omnibus editions and stuff like that. And I was able to find good deals on either brand new or you know very lightly used, very nice condition. And it's just you know it, it probably comes down to like a fifty cents an issue at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but in uh, exciting Swamp Thing news, I, I now am the owner of the first appearance of Swamp Thing. Oh, nice. When did you pick that up recently? Yeah, well, I um, picked it up as a relative term because it's in America and one day I'll oh. get it. But uh, I, have, <laughs> I have bought it. <laughs> a friend of mine was selling it and I put in a bid to um, help uh, boost his auction and uh, accidentally won, which I didn't intend to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> Because I thought, there's no way it'll go for that price. And then I thought, oh, now I have to find that much money suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him for a payment plan. <laughs> uh, I literally did. I literally did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I would like. Uh, hey, buddy, uh, mind if I pay in some installments? <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'd love to own that. I think I had the reprint, DC reprint in a single issue a couple of years ago over here and you got it for like a couple bucks or something like that. So I grabbed it, but yeah, that's the only way I'm ever seeing that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, silly things to do before you die. So yeah. Yeah. Paul why H not? Paul Hicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you can't take it with you, man. So, Hey, why not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah, Swamp Thing, man. We're we're uh, covering these uh, post uh, rights and issues here. We already covered eleven and twelve, and now we're jumping into thirteen and fourteen here. And so thirteen, uh, Nestor Redondo. You know, we're still rolling along with his artwork, which is absolutely fantastic. So, what do you think of this cover for uh, thirteen here? It's amazing. It's got um, Swamp Thing bursting out of a grave. Um a dark blue sky and a huge blood red moon or oh, a blood orange moon. It's a blood orange. Um, <laughs> yeah, it looks fantastic. He's got, uh, his face is partly shadowed and he's got a real case of, uh, Art- Anton Arcane face from the looks of it. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. uh, teeth and way too much of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got a quite the face on here, but like you said, this is fantastic. Him busting out of a grave and, there's a two headstones, one behind him and one to his uh, left. You know, that he's kind of knocking that one over to and a mangled-looking tree in the background. Yeah, this is a really, really excellent cover. Yeah, and still only 20 cents. Can you imagine paying 20 cents for this? Oh, my gosh, no, I can't. I mean, <laughs> I used to go to a comic shop. I think it closed in 2016, maybe. And this guy, uh, it was over in New Jersey. He had... It wasn't a big store by any means, but on the left-hand side of the store was nothing but tables with uh, long boxes. And some of them were in okay shape. Some of them were pretty beat up, but the entire wall, I mean, length to length of this building, I can't even imagine how many long boxes it was. I would say conservatively it was probably 40 or 50 long boxes, and every comic was 50 cents. So... Uh Yeah, you could sometimes find, I don't know if anything this far back, you know, and this kind of popular, but he did, you know, buy stuff that was, you know, low to mid grade, but it all went in the 50 cent boxes. So I missed that store. It was called Wild Pig Comics. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That uh, reminds me of when I uh, completed my Alan Moore run, which was uh, Mm. mostly done in a a little regional comic shop um, just between New South Wales and Victoria. So sort of like halfway between Sydney and Melbourne, but uh, mm-hmm. there's a small town there, and there was a place called Bendigo Books, which was mostly secondhand books and magazines, but they had some comics, and I just stumbled across all these, you know, Swamp Thing issues that I needed. Like I, I was actually down to about ten I wanted, and um, this was one of the first big holidays I had with my wife when we were just newlyweds, and we mm-hmm. were poor. Yeah, as most <laughs> and of I us. I said, oh, they got all the ones I want. I'll just, I'll just pick the, you know the five best ones that I can afford. And she just said, buy them, buy all the ones you need, you idiot. And I did. So, and that was the occasion I bought um, Swamp Thing 37, which is the first appearance of uh, John Constantine, the the one that with the yellow cover that goes for a fortune. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, and that was only like, um, you know, $5 each. So, woo. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And I mean, I used to drive to that shop. It was about a two hour drive and, uh, I used to go there, I would say, four or five times a year, and he always had a big sale uh, heading towards Christmas time, and I think he always had a big sale, of course, at Free Comic Book Day, which, you know, you'd go in there to be a zoo, because there'd be people and kids everywhere to get the freebies and, you know, not buy anything else, of course, and just leave, uh, and I was just like, <laughs> uh, can you please get out of the uh, serious buyer's way, you know, it was like, yeah. I, was, I was like pretty kind of offended by those people, but you never know, I guess uh, maybe some of them turned out to be comic readers, which is nice, uh, but yeah, I used to go there a couple more times a year on top of those sales, and uh, I miss it, I miss it big time, That's that was the only shop I ever went to where I can actually say I miss going to it, and it was two hours from where I live. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, think, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. Things we do with a time machine now. 
Oof, yeah, you're not kidding. I would have bought that guy out of <laughs> a lot of inventory <laughs> if I knew he was closing anytime soon because by the time I found out he was closing and then went over there, uh, I'd say about 80% of the comics were gone. Some of the fixtures were gone that he sold. He sold everything <laughs> in that store. Oh, wow. So I didn't even uh, get to cash in on a, a really good sale to just clean out the store for him to, you know, get rid of his inventory. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, hey, that's okay. It's uh, I'm sure at some point uh, the, the boom of comics over here is going to slow down a bit. Uh, right now a lot of things are really high, but hopefully it'll slow down eventually. We can get back to buying some cheap comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, all right, well, yeah, this is, uh, like we said, the Swamp Thing number 13, and this is called The Leviathan Conspiracy, and it's a uh, scripter Len Wein and pencils and inks by Nestor Redondo. Colors by Tatiana Wood and letters by Marcos Paleos. And this is Len Wein's last uh, issue here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Until mm -hmm. the until the two thousands or Yeah, wow, long layoff there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. But yeah, he's uh he's one of those guys. I actually got to meet him once. And uh, you know, it's uh, I think I had my daughter was with me and she uh, took a picture of the two of us and uh, he was a really, really nice guy. Very quiet, very nice guy, though. And I think he was, you know, ailing pretty good at the time. Uh, I think this might have been only two or three years before he passed. So uh, I'm glad I got to see him. Yeah, I, I met him in uh, at the Sydney Opera House for a comic event that uh, he was nice. at. With, um, Dave McKean was there as well. Ooh, but, nice. Yeah, that's quite a, quite a crazy thing. But... Um, yeah, I did. I was really disorganized. I didn't bring anything really good for him to sign. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I had brought something or I just grabbed something on the fly at the show. I, don't, I can't remember if it was, I might have been at a New York show, actually, I think. I can't remember, maybe Baltimore, but I can't remember. But he, uh, he had literally nobody at his table. I was like, I felt terrible. I'm thinking like, you know, you just want to scream. Don't you know who this guy is to everybody <laughs> at yeah. these shows? You know, it's like, how important was this guy with his writing and editing? It's just crazy to think of somebody like him not being, you know, busy. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yes. That's crazy. But yeah, I think I had him sign an issue with Thor because I really do like his run on that comic. You know, it was in the bronze age and it's kind of crazy. And, you know, it's not, you know, anything like, uh, super long you know plot lines and things like that it's just a lot of one and done or you know every every other issue it's you know a story ends but it's good stuff it's a lot of fun and i really like it and a lot of it was a uh, john buscema artwork i think if i remember correctly or maybe it's maybe it's ernie chan oh i can't remember but it's really good artwork too so i really enjoy that run well i can outdo you i got uh, the first issue gunfire signed <laughs> <laughs> so you were hitting the bins, huh? <laughs> oh, no, I bought that one new, and it has a letter of mine in it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Hey, that's a good reason to get that signed, then. <laughs> I, was, I was super into gunfire for a few months. <laughs> <laughs> you should have opened it to the letters page and said to him, uh, hey, see that there? That's me. I'm uh, famous. Uh, I've done that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a writer, too. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That's great. So, all right. Well, let me uh, jump into this quick here. Just read a little tiny synopsis from uh, uh, DC Fandom, and then uh, we'll jump right into the issue. How's that sound? Right. All right. So, Abigail Arcane, Matthew Cable, Jefferson Bolt, and a government scientist capture Swamp Thing and take him to a lab in Washington, D.C. for study and eventual destruction. But Cable changes his mind when he hears Swamp Thing utter the words, I am Alec Holland. 
<laughs> so, yeah, so this is a pretty remarkable issue for a lot of reasons. Like we said, Len Wein's last issue for a very, very long time. And, uh, you know, Swamp Thing speaks here. So uh, what do you think of this one, how it opens up here? We get, uh, you know, more of the craziness of these giant uh, monsters here in the swamp uh, harassing Swamp Thing. Uh, well, the artistic details are good. It's just fantastic. Like, they're in a... Um... The humans, in this case, Abby, Bolt, um, what's it, Dr. Degrees? <laughs> Profe- <laughs> yeah, Professor Degrees. And Matt, they're all in this hovercraft that looks uh, like straight out of a Stingray or the Thunderbirds or something. It's Johnny it's, uh, Quest here. <laughs> yeah, very cool. And um, you get some Swamp Thing riding on the lily pads in the swamp. and Yeah, and critters and bullfrogs and alligators and yeah but i love that bolt has a uh like a wanted poster for swamp thing (laughs) (laughs) with the artist conception written on it and it's you know that's one thing yeah that's good so in case you bump into a different looking big green guy in the swamp you can go oh no no let's check the art yeah that's him well, that's or not... there's a big orange guy. Yeah, you're like, oh, wait a yeah. minute, he's orange. Let, let's let him go. Let's find him. No, that's, right? that's the thing, not Swamp Thing. <laughs> or if there's a giant frog man or a giant dragon, an orange dragon. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, no, we're not after them. Let them go. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's Flash Page. How about that? Where, uh, you know, Swamp Thing's fighting those two uh, monsters and the croc creature in the background lurking. That looks great. Yeah. And uh, Leviathan Conspiracy, you know, looks like... In the, the text it's written in, looks like it's for a head shop or something. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it looks kind of trippy. <laughs> yeah. Great great stuff, though. But, yeah, he uh, he uh, ensues of uh, killing all these monsters. He takes the frog and breaks its back. And <laughs> he uh, flips the uh, gator over and, I guess, maybe in the process, breaks its neck and then just completely throttles this dragon snake creature and then uses it like a... Like a, a jump rope and smashes it off a tree here. <laughs> oh, I love how goofy its mouth is. Like, it's just got way too many teeth for that size mouth. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no way that thing can close yeah. its mouth. <laughs> yeah, but every... No. Yeah, and then it's got, like, fangs. <laughs> yeah, fangs everywhere. Yeah, but, it, uh, you know, you, every now and again you just go, I, I just want to see monsters fighting and, you know, the whole King Kong Godzilla thing. And, you know, this delivers mm-hmm. in spades. You know, just opens with big monster fight, you know. Yeah, it's really awesome. And then out of nowhere, what a net. And we see that Cable and his crew uh, with uh, Abigail and uh, Dr. Or I'm sorry, Professor Degrees <laughs> and uh, their buddy. Uh, what is it? Bolt. Uh, they've uh, caught up to Swamp Thing while he was fighting these creatures and chuck a net on him. And he just tears that to pieces like it's nothing. And. Uh, the professor says, look, the creature snaps the steel netting as if it were twine. And then he's got some crazy ray guns here they're going to use on him. But they don't shoot rays or lasers. They shoot something completely absurd. Yeah, foam, foam. It's like <laughs> firefighting at this point. But they, And it hardens really quick. It's like super spec filler. Like you pump into the walls where you've got a big hole. Uh, <laughs> he just yeah. Fall, he falls straight over like uh, R2-D2 in Star Wars after the Jawas shoot him. Yeah, and it's bizarre, too, because I'm thinking to myself, if it hardens, isn't he strong enough just to, like, break it off then? Or if it's so mushy, like, why does it make him fall down? I don't get that part. But eh, regardless, it uh, it smothers him, as he says. And then, uh, like we said, they take him to D.C. And that's some interesting stuff going on there between uh, Abby, Matt, and this uh, uh, stuffy uh, guy in Washington here, right? 
Yeah, uh, and what's with Abby defending him? Like, she's, you know, sucking up to the guy in power. It's very weird. She said, yeah, Mr. Uh, like, Matt's being himself, and he said, Matt, please, you shouldn't talk to Mr. Zero that way. <laughs> Mr. Zero. How Mr. can you say Zero. that with a straight face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, craziness. But, yeah, he uh, opens the door to the uh, lab here, and we see Professor Zero, and then Abby's like, oh, my dear God, no because they have him in, like, a cubicle, and I don't know what she thought they would have him in. I don't know why she's, like, really that, like, <gasps> about it. Uh, what did she think they were going to do? Just have him, like, in a lounge chair or a chase or something? Like, yeah. what? Now, how many people do you think work for Mr. Zero? <laughs> I don't know. He probably, at some point, has his minions here, but what does he have? Like, two Gestapo-looking guys, and then, of course, yeah. the professor, but that's it. Yeah, okay, three below zero. <laughs> three degrees of <laughs> the professor right <laughs> oh and matt's face too by the way on page five there too when uh, abby says oh my dear god no his face looks like he's you know a little backed up maybe or something he's like gritting his teeth and kind of scowling a little there yeah but in the midst of this there's a, a picture of uh swamp thing pressed up against the glass and it was so fantastic i actually uh snipped it and put it on twitter <laughs> so <laughs> me thinking about retirement because he's just got all his hands against the glass and you know and i love the way his you know fingers are flat flattening out against the glass and his nose and his forehead so. yeah that would be a good panel to like snatch and put it like use some editing to uh kill the uh words in the word bubbles and put your own yeah. words in there that would be that'd be great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that could be the next the internet sensation right there <laughs> oh it's so meme ready it's beautiful mm-hmm yeah, but, that's uh, a good Swamp one. Thing, Swamp Thing looks so sad. He does, yeah. He looks like a little puppy dog. He's like, oh, these eyes on, like he's ready to cry, really. Yeah, and Abby puts her hand against the glass. <laughs> mm-hmm, like, I love you. And it's like, um, he's like a giant green monster that you think is just, you know, on the rampage. <laughs> oh, they'll get there. They'll work it out, those crazy kids one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just needs to look into those big red eyes and she's going to fall for him. <laughs> but it doesn't take much though he just pounds on this crazy thing a couple of times and smashes his way right out of it and that's uh, got the professor a little worried here and you know the gestapo guys come in and start shooting at him with their guns and i don't know why uh professor degrees here thinks it's a good idea to run in between swamp thing and uh gestapo guys shooting machine guns no and yeah they, they very quickly you know blame it on Swamp Thing. They, I mean, at first they're, yeah. oh my god, we've shot him. And, <laughs> yeah. It's and, then, like, and then they go, in the next, a few panels later, they go, filthy monster, it's your fault the professor is dead. Not me with my gun that shot him. <laughs> yeah, really? I'm thinking, what kind of shenanigans is this? Like, he didn't just come walking in there and oh, close the door on the cubicle. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was abducted and you were shooting at him. You know, I mean, the doctor was just trying to stop him for a professor, but yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, let's just blame him. And then I'm like, Oh, wait, our machine guns didn't work. Oh, yeah, that's right. Foam will stop him. So out come the foam guns. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's back in a new glass case with uh, electric. Um, it looks almost like a wrestling ring with electric. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one thing's the around. new heavyweight champion of the world here. <laughs> he's going to have a, a wrestling match here in a minute. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting because that Mr. Zero and Matt start talking and you know, it's just uh, they kind of have a difference of opinion on what uh, should be going on here, what should be done with him. Uh, 
you know, when uh, they're kind of, you know, tests are over with and Mr. Zero doesn't really seem to give a crap. He's just like, you know, uh, I'm going to do what I want with him. And then uh, when we're done doing with what we want with him, he's uh, going to get killed. It's. Uh, do you think it's very weird that Mr. Zero says to uh, um, Matt, by the way, I'm placing you in charge of the funeral arrangements for Professor Degree. <laughs> Something simple, inconspicuous. We have no need of publicity. <laughs> yeah, you don't have something in your department for that? Yeah, it's like, is that in my job description? I do funeral arrangements? and <laughs> Yeah, maybe he gets like a bonus for doing that or something. I don't know. But yeah, just be like, you know, the guy is from family. Oh, sorry to tell you, family. He was killed in an accident at work or something. And let them do that crap. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's actually, he's only a, he's a simple <laughs> character in a comic who doesn't exist outside the pages of this comic. So no one, no one will mourn him. <laughs> no, not at all. So. But I like how uh, Matt decides that he's going to take matters into his own hands and just go into the cage and talk to him, <laughs> which is kind of yeah. crazy, but he does. Yeah. But, um, well, he puts on a special Swamp outfit. <laughs> or, <laughs> or something. I love how the like Swamp Thing's environment, it's a little bit like a fish tank in that it's got a little bit of greenery, it's got a an old tree in the corner. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a bit of, you know, like, like half a centimeter of water at the bottom for him to stand. In. Yeah, I wonder if they have like one of those treasure chests that like a skeleton opens up at yeah. the bottom underneath that water. <laughs> sprinkle in some swamp thing food every few days. <laughs> some flakes. <laughs> yeah, he walks in and says, "Uh, hi, fella. Mind if I talk to you?" And he tries to have a conversation with him, and he's like, "I know you're intelligent. You must be able to speak. Why in God's name don't you?" And he starts screaming at him. Damn it. He starts yelling at Swamp Thing, and Swamp Thing's thinking to himself, like, I can't, and maybe I can, and maybe I shouldn't talk to him. And then he's just like, well, I have no choice. I must tell Cable that. And he says, I am Alec Holland. And, of course, Cable's like, oh, my God. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) The shoe has dropped. (laughs) So, yeah, then he's, uh, what's going on? Alec, oh, God, you know, part of me always knew. And I'm thinking, you have never mentioned that once in 13 issues of Alec. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is 13 issues and they've been hanging out, what, for, you know, 10 of those or something like that. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, had many adventures. All the th- he, he runs through all the things that they've been through and the monsters and, yeah. What, mm-hmm. that you get a little, you know, a few panels of Swamp Thing's origin again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. That middle panel there on page 12, that is very good. And, that, that reminds me a lot of Wrightson. And I thought to myself, did Redondo just, uh, you know, kind of ape him there? Or did they lift these pictures from other books or whatever? Because it does look very Bernie Wrightson, doesn't it? I, I imagine he would have had the comic there and just referenced it just to capture the same sort of, you know, stylistic vibe of it. Yeah, that's, but it's really, really good. I, I can't believe how good that is. Like, and at him trying to, you know, emulate Wrightson, like, that's unbelievable to me i can't believe how great that is yeah oh, a robot and a you, werewolf yeah wouldn't you love to have um some redondo art original art or a Ooh, boy. commission wouldn't that be something mm, yeah some of these pages just you know even just you know his pencils and inks oh man that would be fantastic yeah it's so good mm. but yeah matt knows he's like i know what i'm gonna do i know what we have to do here and Abby's like, do what your heart tells you to do. <laughs> I'm thinking, uh, I don't know about him because you know, down the road here, Matt. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if his heart's uh, all that great. 
But I love it. Immediately, you know, after the plan is formulated, you see them sneaking into the lab and they've, they're both changing, like, commando gear with, you know, harnesses. <laughs> so Abby's got this, you know, white belt and he's got something across his chest. And it's like, you know, quick, into this commando gear for this midnight raid. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden they join S.H.I.E.L.D. It's like, what? <laughs> where did they get, where did he find clothes to fit her exactly? You know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah. And um, magic uh, washing up gloves that uh, open the doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, they have, they've got knockout gas grenades and they chuck them at the Gestapo guys and knock them out. And, uh, they blow apart the uh, crazy wrestling ring here to get Swamp Thing out. And he gets it. He's like, all right, they're saving me. And, you know, they go to run, but then Swamp Thing picks up the two Gestapo guys. And I'm thinking, um, you probably could have just let them in there, dude. <laughs> but the, uh, isn't there um everything's on fire he doesn't want to leave but then uh yeah i'm just like leave in there they killed the guy they killed the guy they tried to kill you they're not good people just just leave them in there yeah i mean he's got to draw a line of where he's at at this stage you know he's yeah people will complain in the letters column if you kill people. <laughs> that's true yeah the angry letters although lennon was like yeah whatever i'm out of here <laughs> that's my last <laughs> You get a pissed yeah. off everybody, and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Like and the, the way is effects. blocked by oh the sound effects, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, effects. from the explosion. Boom! Wah wah wah! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> and then the door shuts. Clang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "Hey, what's going on? And who? Oh no, not you!" And uh, you know, our buddy Bolt is here, and he has an M16 that he got from I have no idea where, and he won't let them pass because he still wants to uh, kill Swamp Thing and. Matt tries to reason with them for about two seconds. It won't work, so they get into a bit of a brawl over, uh, you know, getting out of there. Mm. Yeah, and uh, the, he was going to beat on him a bit, and then Swamp Thing stops him, um, and Bolt's impressed with his humanity at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Swamp Thing even talks. He says, enough, you know, because they're going to, you know, just keep fighting and fighting, and he's like, sweet mother of mercy. That thing talks. I've got a little Luke Cage vibe there from Bolt. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I think they were envelope. reading those comics. <laughs> and then he hears the story. He goes, far freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must be screwy as the rest of you because the answer is yes. And they say about helping get Swamp Thing out of there. <laughs> yeah. mm, and I, I love their way of getting Swamp Thing out of there. This is uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Chekhov's funeral. <laughs> yeah really <laughs> they bury him in with the you know what's his name the zero or not zero guy the degrees professor degrees degrees I, yeah they uh, bury him in there and then after everybody leaves just bust your way out of there i'm thinking okay great so then what are people that go to this graveyard gonna think when they go to see uh, uh degrees and that's what they see <laughs> i mean yeah. it's not like they show a covering back up the grave or anything like that but I do like these last couple of pages here and, uh, you know, we get Swamp Thing, you know, monologuing to himself a lot here when he's walking through the graveyard and he sees uh, Linda and Alec Holland's uh, graves. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's amazing. It, uh, but just the poignancy of it all, he's just looking so sad and, you know, shadowy and it, there's such a such a fantastic vibe on these last two pages. Mm-hmm. And then I love to have on the very last page, he thinks to himself, well, I better get going. Cable and the others will be waiting for me. 
And he says, waiting to waiting to do what? And he says, who in the hell do I think I'm kidding? There's nothing Cable can do for me. Nothing except maybe pity me or come to share my curse. So he's just like, screw it. I'm not going to go meet up with them. I'm just going to start uh, hoofing it back to the swamp uh, on foot here. Yeah. And then the, the last panel is just fantastic. Uh, I mean, the text before that says, um, until at last he reaches a stagnant marsh, he sardonically calls home. It is only the swamp that is kind to him now. It is only the swamp that cares. For a moment he pauses, remembering Linda, remembering the man he used to be. And then it's just got a panel, silent panel of him just looking miserable. <laughs> and it said, and if tears could come, they would. <laughs> oh, Poor high swampy. five, Len. <laughs> you smashed that, Len. What, I mean, that's, yeah, mm. have a drink after that one. Yeah, you feel so bad for him. It's like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's tough. I mean, he he went out on a, a a really good story here. I mean, I think he did great with this one, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's funny because I think so many more people would have read them if um, Brightson had stayed on the art for this. But uh, yeah, uh, as I said, you know, if you're skipping on Redondo, you're really missing out. He's he's terrific. Yeah, this is really good stuff. And like you said, nobody would want to, you know, follow. I, I, I can't imagine there were many people in line that said, sure, I'll follow Wrightson, but he had the balls to do it. And again, he did a great, great job. This is excellent work. Mm, yeah, amazing. So, all right, well, on to number 14 here. So this is another Nestor Redondo uh, cover here. So what about this one? I mean, I, I don't think it's quite as strong as the previous one, but what do you think of this one? Yeah, uh, the, it's got Swamp Thing basically um, doing an end run with a kid at pretending the kid's a football uh, <laughs> through some fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, he's, he's rescuing someone from a fire. Um, yeah, and you find uh, there's a stylisticness in the kid's face that you think, is that just uh, you know the art at this point? But when you read the story, you go, actually, no, it's meant to be like that. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a, a reason why he did what he did here artistically, and yeah, it's it's yeah. it's good stuff. Like I said, not quite as up to the other one because that one was just crazy, crazy phenomenal. But this one's pretty good too. Yeah, but I mean, the wood splintering and shattering, and the fire above and below. You know, it's it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely, uh, you know, two thumbs up on this one uh, cover wise as well. So, all right. Well, this one, uh, yeah, we're gonna have. Uh, uh, new writer here, and this is David Michelini and uh, Nestor Redondo on art again, and Tatiana Wood on colors, and Marcus Poyos on letters. But uh, yeah, uh, another uh, another good issue here, and then uh, another, or I should say another, but a new writer here. So we're going to see uh, what David Michelini can do. So, all right, this one's called uh, The Tomorrow Children, and uh, Swamp Thing becomes involved with some strange kids who have telekinetic powers thanks to an evolutionary experiment. Soon enough, He's protecting them from angry townspeople who have developed a mob mentality towards them. So, all right, yeah, pretty straightforward to the point, you know, story here with this one. And there was a lot of stories, I feel like, in the Bronze Age that kind of, like, went down this road. But I think it was a pretty good story. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, this is pretty much, you know, trouble find Swamp Thing. He's just basically literally standing around in the swamp going, do-do-do, when, you know, <laughs> the story comes to him. So, yeah. Um, but it has that real, I don't know, it, it's almost as if they'd done a TV show of um, Frankenstein, the series, and this was just another adventure. It's, yeah, it's you know, a monster, but, you know, there's so much misunderstanding and cruelty from regular people. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like the people that did the Hulk television series in the late 70s were reading these comics because that's kind of what it is. Like the Swamp Thing walking away like Bruce Banner there and he's the sad music and then, all right, on to the next adventure. I kind of feel like they kind of seem the same. Yeah. But um, he's staying in the swamp, and uh, this boy runs out of the uh, the trees near him and says, "Help, Delta, Jeremy, save me!" And then trips over, and um, yeah, there's an angry mob literally right on this kid's heels. Um, but yeah, they've got uh, axes and pikes. <laughs> Where did you get a pike from? I guess it's from a boat. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it's... their their dialogue. Look, there he is, and he's conjured up another one of those monsters. Taint no matter. We can kill us two uglies easy as one. <laughs> so, yeah, what about this crazy two-page uh, job here by Redondo? Wow, is this crazy good. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I'm only seeing it in black and white because for some reason it's only in black and white on the DCU Infinite app. Um, but uh, you get some... The writing... I mean, in the style guide for Swamp Thing, it always says... You know, incorporate the text into the the picture if you can. <laughs> Will Eisner thing. So it's it's um, moss in the tree this time, saying Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, color wise, yeah. the Swamp Thing logo is like a two tone, like a, a light orange and then a, a darker orange on the top, and then fades to a light orange on the bottom. And yeah, the tree looks great. You know, a lot of greens, of course, and then this redneck here with his axe swinging it to try to. Uh, cut Swamp Thing in half, and in the meantime, he's backfisting some other hillbilly and knocks him to the ground, and the poor kid's in the background, and he looks really scared. It's it's a great job. Yeah. I mean, just the physicality of Swamp Thing throwing that guy over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, that, where, where's but, that wrestling uh, ring when we need it? <laughs> <laughs> but the kid has, you know, he's got very, very um, sort of smooth features and really big eyes that are overly emotive, and a a mouth that sort of doesn't seem to have lips. So, you know, it's it's sort of like, almost like a Down syndrome look, um, just exaggerated beyond normality. So, mm-hmm, Yeah, and his hands look like a little elongated, and he's pale, pale white. But, yeah, this is, this is uh, an interesting story because I thought when I first started reading it, you know, it was going to go down one way, but there's something else that happens here that we notice. Uh, and it, it doesn't – I was expecting itself to resolve everything at the end, and everybody be like, you know, oh, it's a happy ending, but it really isn't if you think about it. But we'll we'll, we'll get there. So <laughs> yeah. we we get Swamp Thing here uh, slapping around some more of these goons, and they finally realize that they're no match for him, so they leave. And uh, yeah, <laughs> he pulls a tree out of the ground and hits a guy in the face with a tree. <laughs> yeah, how he's not dead, I don't know. And what about that panel there too uh, on page four, underneath the the panel where he hits the guy in the face with the tree. They're carrying off a couple of guys, and one guy looks like his pants are falling down. <laughs> Doesn't it? Like, he has purple underwear on. Like yeah. yeah. Like, what is this guy up to? <laughs> yeah, but sound effect watch. Um, when he pulls out the tree, he goes, Shlorp. It's, uh, yeah. It's a bit yeah. Don Martin in a Mad Magazine, that sound effect. <laughs> yeah, and then when he hits the guy in the face with it, crunch. <laughs> yeah. That's he still great. has an axe buried in his tummy. Oh, he does it. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a guy that was climbing on his back with like a machete or something to try to clobber him with it or cut his head off or something. But that guy fell off when he pulled the tree out. <laughs> yeah, it's a little Benny Hill here, this action, if you really look at it. <laughs> 
Yeah, Benny Hill by way of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I love how too Swamp Thing just pulls the axe out of his gut and throws it to the ground like it's like it's just an annoyance to him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the boy has run off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we then we get to see the town meeting where uh, oh boy, Cossy are planning and uh, you know, and it, I mean they got good reason to want to kill these kids because they look different. So, right. Yeah. yeah, you, you got it. Yeah, right. They live outside of town. They don't bother us, but they look different. So let's get them. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah. OK. Let's yeah. Let's kill those little whippersnappers. <laughs> it's craziness. And yeah, it's a town meeting. The mayor guy's kind of just like, hey, chill out. You know, it's it's so what if they're a little different and this and that. But the mob is just not having it. They're just like, we're going to get them because, you know, they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And it, it, the mayor's like keep trying to kind of say, like, you know, can't do this without any proof and evidence. and without this or that and they're just like yeah we're not having it well he's not pushing too hard because you know you got to look at the optics of this and how it factors into elections so <laughs> say the right thing, but do nothing you know mm-hmm. yep yeah, you're not yeah. kidding on that one <laughs> yeah it's interesting they do tell the backstory on this family and uh you know the guy that you know like is the kind of the you know air quotes father to this kid isn't their biological father and i thought, thought that was interesting too yeah, but um, yeah, Jeb Wheeler, who, old man Jeb Wheeler, who uh, was looking after the kids until he passed away. But um, you know, we get a bit more follow up on what's with these weird critters in the swamp jumping out because you know people are getting sick, plants are going weird, um, you know, and we see you know someone's wife passing away in flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, one of the men, his son Jimbo, likes to play with the freaks. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but we see a little bit of casual telekinesis as he levit- but the kid is levitating Jimbo. <laughs> but Jimbo's having a great time. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, this is fun!" <laughs> oh, yeah, great so stuff! It was uh, torches and pitchforks. Let's go get him. Uh, but someone got attacked by a monster on the way there. So, yeah, giant alligator monster. Maybe the one from the other issue that uh, Swamp Thing has already uh, done away with. So. Yeah, they're 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 gonna get them. But Swamp Thing, then too. I like I love this part. This uh, Empire of the Ants here. This is great. <laughs> yes, he's just minding his own business when giant ants attack, and he gets uh, <laughs> pincered around the waist. Yeah, man. Page eight. Holy smokes! You were saying about wanting some original art, maybe. I I would love that page. I would love to have that. Oh, page. that's fantastic. Oh, Redondo, what a master! Yeah, this giant ant. You know. It, probably twice the size of Swamp Thing. And like I said, it uses its pincers there to pick them up and whipping them around. And I guess it's pretty strong that, you know, if he doesn't try to stop it and get out of there and do something about it, that uh, it might actually, you know, hurt him or cut him in half or something. But he does the old uh, neck break here, right? Yeah. And then, <laughs> oh, no, there's more ants. Who there's three the three more. <laughs> ants traveling in groups. Good grief. <laughs> yeah, and I love his, his uh, reaction. Oh, swell. Looks like antsy had a family and <laughs> i love how uh, the one in the middle looks like it has an actual like kind of slur- like a little bit more of a humanoid face on it like it has like a, a, some emotion to his face like it's really pissed off yeah angry ant mm-hmm. yeah he should just throw him some uh, sugar cubes <laughs> yes but he uh succumbs to something the ant injected in him when it was seizing him before so, mm-hmm. the old but, formic acid from uh, mm-hmm. ants yeah he says and the caption reads but unexpectedly and <laughs> he just uh blacks out basically from that and uh 
yeah, he wakes up and they're still kind of all looking at him. And then all of a sudden you hear stop. And these three little kids are there and he's like, what is going on? Right. Mm, yeah. <laughs> he's still not able to walk though. And they have to, an ant picks him up. <laughs> yeah. So we got uh, Delta and Jeremy. The, who's the other child? The first one that we saw. Oh yeah. What was his name? Uh, Gosh, uh, that's him. Delta, the one that saved me. Jeremy, Delta, and did they ever say this other kid's name? He's in the party. I'm just flipping ahead. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, Seth. 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 Yeah, there you go, Seth. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good living a swamp name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like how the kids uh, are controlling these ants with their mental powers, and they ride them like uh, horses. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this swamp area. Yeah, and I, I love that uh, panel on page 10 there where the, the ant has swamp thing and he's like prone and he's carrying and the kids are all like riding the ants. That's hilarious. <laughs> and we get to the kids' little hideout here, right? Yeah, and uh, got some funky furniture that looks homegrown. Or Yeah, it actually reminds me a little bit of where Swamp Thing ended up living with Abby and uh, the Alan Moore run. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it looks like swamp made furniture. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know what could be the reason for all these mutations in the swamp? And uh, yeah, it's um, discover it's radioactive waste which got dumped, as long along with a, a suitcase full of uh, um, deformed children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. It it's the kids basically. You know, I, I guess it seems like they kind of. Instead of talking to Swamp Thing, they kind of use their powers to, like, you know, mentally, like, show them a little movie here, right? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah I mean, uh, you know, it's monstrous to chuck animals in the swamp, but a suitcase full of children? Yeah, that's, mm. that's crossing a different type of line there. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, you know, that's a trope in all sorts of media where, you know, years ago, if you didn't want an animal, Oh, throw it, in a, you know, put it in a bag and chuck it in the old river. Well, somebody did that with three kids and this is insane. I mean, wow. Crazy. Yeah. And then they go to town and there's people chucking rocks at them. It's crazy. Yeah. But, um, Jeb found them, took them in and, uh, you know, raised them and had, you know, that became a family. Mm -hmm. Eventually, yeah. uh, Jeb passed away and they were left on their own. So. Mm-hmm. You know, the people in town really started to be annoying. Yeah, it was like, oh, now the person that was going to protect you is dead, so we're really going to come after you now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great people there in that town. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, they, they basically up the ante from pitchforks and move on to flamethrowers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what is this nonsense? Like, where did they get that from? And what does he say? Good thing the boys at the Chatham Armory owed me a favor. I'm thinking, listen, dude. Like if anybody owed you a favor, if it's like a, a military installation, they're not going to be like, "Yeah, go ahead and take a flamethrower." Uh, I'm just having a barbecue on the weekend. Just wondered if I could uh, maybe borrow the flamethrower. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I ha could get my hands on one, I would. And then the next time it snows like two feet here, I would just be like, and it would be gone in no time, man. I would use it. <laughs> Yeah, I watched the thing last night again. So I oh, there you go. Last night. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's a good one. Mm, yeah, McCready, he could teach these boys how to use a flamethrower. <laughs> but yeah, this is crazy. So the the kid, uh, the the mayor's kid, 
he sees them, you know, gearing up to, you know, use their shotguns and flamethrower and everything to go after the kids. And he's like, you know, hey, I go better go warn them. And uh, he goes out into the uh, forest, uh, the, or I should say the swamp here to uh, warn them. But uh, they're not home because uh, they went uh, to, uh, you know, put some flowers on Jeb's grave. And then uh, they want to uh, show Swamp Thing where the crazy radioactive waste cylinder is. And he gets this crazy idea in his head that maybe what's in that cylinder can change him back to Alec Holland. Which I don't know about that. That's a little uh, sketchy. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you reverse um, the effect of it. So, easy. <laughs> right, easy peasy. You just dump radioactive waste on yourself, and you'll turn back human. <laughs> but yeah, he gets really pissed off because there's nothing left in it. It's empty, and he starts smashing it. And the kids are like, "What is this maniac doing?" They're looking at him like he's nuts. Yeah, it's. Uh, mm. The, the moment is uh, broken by Delta sensing, no, the pain, I sense great pain and death. It's the treehouse. They're killing our friends at the treehouse. And uh, they all run back. And, um, yeah, Jimbo ha has gone to warn them and ended up in the treehouse um, where flamethrower exercises are underway. <laughs> yeah, and they killed one of the ants already. Two of the ants, I'm sorry, they cooked. And then they're working on the third one, shooting it and using the flamethrower, I guess, on it. But Swamp Thing comes at them, and uh, they try to cook him, but it doesn't seem to hurt him or bother him at all, even though they melted his right arm off almost. Yeah, but he, uh, the guy with the flamethrower gets kicked into a tree with a splack, and then you can see the fuel dripping out of the flamethrower, which is a bit of a workplace hazard. Mm -hmm. Which is great, though. I love this, because this guy gets what's coming to him. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Goes gets up blown like to a bits. Roman candle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of uh, redneck number one here so uh but then uh, somebody i'm trying to think who is that yelling oh one of the one of the awful townspeople a scream there's someone in the treehouse and i'm thinking didn't you come here to kill people that were probably going to be in the treehouse but now all of a sudden yeah. you're worried and the mayor's uh, there it, too uh, it's a regular person so that's bad <clears throat> oh yeah yeah killing, it's not somebody that looks different freaks for no reason good killing regular people bad but it, yeah, yeah, it's Jimbo. Jimbo is in the tree. The tree is on fire. Uh, what are they going to do? Now the mayor's there. Oh, my dear Lord, it's my son, Jimbo. And he's, help, help. <laughs> what a ridiculous name, Jimbo. But anyway, help, help, help. And he's uh, Swamp Thing monologues. Uh, I have no love for these villagers, but that kid doesn't deserve to burn for the sins of his father. So uh, he's like, I'm going up there. And uh, Delta says, hey, we can work together. Put me on your shoulders. <laughs> And so I can see that the flames don't hurt us. And he says, okay, little lady. And he does. And they go up towards, uh, you know, up to the tree. And she uses her powers to kind of keep the flames away. But, wow, this is this was a, a rough ending here for me, man. So she does keep the flames away as he takes Jimbo down out of the tree. But uh, the flames then engulf her. Yeah, you, you think it's heading for the, you know, happy ending. Everyone's all right. Everyone learns a lesson. But, uh, yeah, no, Delta burns to death in a tree. Which uh, yes. Yeah, pretty awful there. And then on page 20 at that top panel, you know, everybody's standing there looking and, you know, most of the people are like aghast and some of the townsfolk just look like, yeah, whatever, because we know they don't give a crap. And man, there was some really good dialogue here. I love uh, Michelini here, he, what he does, because, again, I was thinking, oh, you know, everything's going to be fine. Then I saw the little girl die. So I thought, OK, that's definitely going to be the thing to wake up these hillbillies so they can be like, you know what? We're a bunch of stupid idiots. We're wrong. We need to change the way we think. And that's not what happens. <laughs> no. Uh, it's, uh, 
Well, uh, probably, you know, who could have thought everything would get out of hand when we showed up with a flamethrower? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the mayor acts like he's uh, turning over a new leaf here. He says, uh, then Taggart was wrong. These kids ain't evil. They're just different. And Swamp Thing says, bravo, mister, though it's a bit late for morals now. And the guy's just like, oh, if I can do anything at all to help you kids out. And he's like, you know, his kid, little Jimbo, says, hey, Pa, they don't have a home now. How about they come live with us? And then we see the mayor's, you know, uh, real side here. And he's like, oh, with us? Uh, yeah, um, I'd be uh, pleased to take them in and share my home with these fine young lads. But uh, I, I don't think the neighbor would understand or the neighbors would understand. So I'll just build them a cabin outside of town and everything will be great. What? You <laughs> idiot. He's like, Jimbo, I was actually meaning thoughts and prayers, not practical action. Yeah, and then Swamp Thing, he's, this is the best. He kind of turns his back and back to the swamp, mister. And he says to himself, at least there the filth doesn't pretend to be something it's not. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. that is awesome. I love it. I thought, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing uh, society has learned from things like this, right? <laughs> yeah. God. So, I didn't feel like uh, Michelini missed a beat from uh, Len Wayne's uh, what he was laying down. It's, you know, it's yeah. a nice continuation. Yeah, if you would have told me this was Wayne's uh, uh, work on this, writing this, I would have not known any difference. Swamp Thing's voice still seems the same. You know, it's a, it's a pretty tightly written story. I, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, great issues there. I, it, oh, don't you just feel like watching old black and white horror movies after this? Oh yeah, for sure. They they do have a vibe to them like that. And what about that last panel there on page twenty, the teaser for the next story? That looks really really good. I'm glad they did that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the the soul spell of Father Bliss. Mm -hmm. yeah. So now we have an idiot mayor. Now we're gonna have an idiot priest. <laughs> yeah, but, it's got, but that looks um, crazy. Looks like a Phantom Stranger story coming up, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got this whacked out looking priest with his white hair blowing in some kind of breeze. And he's holding a candle in his right hand. And there's like a, uh, oh, a yeah, crystal ball there with this like demonic looking face or wraith coming out of it and a book laying there. Yeah, that looks great. That's a great teaser image right there. Mm. But so. um, yeah, Redondo does different faces for all the characters like he doesn't have a standard look for any pe person and yeah but this was uh, this was one without matt cable and abby and uh, it was just swamp thing having a having a day yeah which is cool you know i mean it doesn't i mean i like matt and abby don't get me wrong but it was nice to move away from them trying to find him and shenanigans happening and just you know just swamp thing out there on his own and having this, you know, uh, really cool story here and adventure for him and like, you know, morality lesson to it. Yeah, this is great. I really, really enjoyed this issue a lot. These are really high quality. Yeah. Mm, yeah, fantastic stuff. So, all right. Anything more to say about these two or do you think we uh, covered it all? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good, but uh, I'm really appreciating you bringing me along for this one. Really, uh, you know, I, I look forward to these chats, and sometimes I show up. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, you know, every once in a while, I'll be like, "Paul, are you there? Are you there? Where are you?" <laughs> no, hey, man, uh, everyday life is uh, is always going to take the in front of uh, comics. It's just the way it's got to be. But uh, I enjoy this quite a lot too, man. This is really great. Thank you for doing this with me. 
Thank you. All right. So, yeah, that's going to wrap us up. So uh, if anybody's uh, looking for you out there, I know there's a, a one-stop shop for you. It's at uh, reading underscore Hicks, uh, H-I-X, right, on Twitter, and then uh, your website as well, correct? Yeah. Uh, well, the website is waitingfordoom.com. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that focuses on our primary Doom Patrol show, which is in semi-retirement until the TV show starts, I guess. And, uh, yeah, we do other things there, like DC OCD, which is on DC events, basically uh, – Assessing them, uh, ranking them, making fun of them at times. Um, <laughs> the Gary Show, which is, um, I don't know what that is. It's just me and Mike talking and we just, you know, basically crap on about whatever's happening <laughs> at the time. A chat show, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Dial F for Flanger. So I'm about to do a series on uh, some Australian comic creators coming up in Dial F for Flanger, which is, I'm looking forward to getting that one out. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's great. I like that. Anytime anybody can spotlight, you know, something from their community. I love that. That's to me, especially when it's, you know, comic related. That's that's awesome. I really love it. So I'm really looking forward to that, man. Cool. Awesome. So, all right, my friend. Well, thank you for joining me once again. This was a blast. And then uh, I'm going to just uh, step out of here for a minute. And then that wraps up this episode once again i want to thank paul for being on the show good guy and definitely check out his podcast you know he's got waiting for doom and dial f for flanger and, uh dc ocd he's got a really uh good uh, selection on his uh feed there so definitely check him out and then definitely keep by here because uh, there's going to be some new stuff coming in the future here we're going to get some new characters that uh, i'm going to be covering here uh, phantom stranger uh, with Jeremiah and then uh, my buddy Charlton Hero. Uh, he and I are going to be covering that dead man for a while too here. So definitely uh, check those out when they drop. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See ya.